and I don't know what to watch Show I think I might be lost if I didn't have a preview Oh, I think I might be lost if I didn't have a preview Hello everyone and welcome to the preview. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always are Sam Chung and Jermaine Fletcher. Hello. Hello. Can I start in a place I don't think you expect me to start? Um, Sure. RIP to Bob Barker. I was in the unique position of having thought that he had already died. Oh, Sam. But... (laughs) But, I forgot and, about your Price is Right obsession. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, I don't. this was maybe like two years ago, that he was actually still alive, and I was overcome with an immense amount of joy, and now I have to grieve again. <laughs> but what a great guy. Great for the animals. Um, taught me how to yodel. Not him directly, but watching him. <laughs> it was just a staple of, you know, staying home sick from school. Yeah. What a what a time. I know, well, we're recording this on Wednesday. I think tomorrow they're doing like a tribute to him on maybe CBS. I don't even know. On one of the broadcast nets, they're doing a tribute to him. But what what a terrible news. Yeah. What terrible news to end the end the month of August with. Fun fact, Sam got us all in trouble <laughs> at work because the office television show he would the office TV, he would turn to The Price is Right when we had downtime and watch The Price is Right. And our bosses thought that was a big no-no because we were watching a competitor's network. (laughs) I never heard that story. And that wasn't even like, that's Drew Carey era prices, right? Like, I mean, Drew Carey, fine, whatever, he's Drew Carey. He's not Bob Barker. And... Look, I get it. Was Bob Barker's ratio of like himself to younger women a little bit weird? Sure. But that's just the price is right. That's like going into your dentist's office, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I am, I I'm sad. You were obsessed with that show. <laughs> I feel so bad. I should have, I should have texted you. Honestly, I also forgot that he's obsessed with that I, show. <laughs> <laughs> that show. Like, wow, I really, I feel bad, Sam. I forgot that that was your show. That show just has so, like, I bid $1 so many, uh, I mean, Plinko, you know, it's, it's a great show. Um, <laughs> well, it lives on. Yeah. But Jermaine, I did not forget your birthday this year. So happy belated again. I guess not belated. I said happy birthday to you on your birthday. (laughs) On the record, this year, after two years of complaining, (laughs) Sam did. Both of you actually texted me on my birthday. So no complaints this year. (laughs) Jermaine, do you want to hear a funny story, actually? Marissa had tried to text you a while ago, and I thought that I had given her number or uh, your number to her. And then we didn't realize until like this month when I put you both into like a group chat that Marissa's had your number wrong the entire time. <laughs> she kept being like, why does Jermaine not answer me? <laughs> it was Damn. one text about something super specific. <laughs> and I just thought you never answered. And I was like, wow, does he actually hate me? <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows I'm a replier. If you text me, I will reply. Not after 10 p.m. because I'm asleep then. But Sam. Two of the numbers were flipped. It, it wasn't my, I think it was just, 
I don't even know how that happened because I, I think you grabbed the phone. Maybe I just had a little bit of a, of a dyslexic moment. I don't know. How, how long ago was this text message? It was a while ago. I can I can't because I got a new phone. I forget what it was about though. It was about something really specific <laughs> that we talked about on the podcast. I forget as well. And then it was like a follow up. It was, but it was definitely uh, like for a year. It was six to twelve months. It was between six and twelve months ago. (laughs) And you just thought I hated you this entire time. (laughs) Wow! Oh my god! It's like, damn! I thought I thought we were friends. (laughs) I never got a text message. I know that now. I blame Sam. I do too. I'm sorry. I also saw something really funny right before your birthday that I showed Sam. Um, This is via the CoStar like astrology Instagram account. Which I always think that like that Sam is an Aries and I always feel like all of the Aries drags are like really on point for (laughs) Sam. And the theme of this one is forgets. So Aries forgets at your birthday and texts you to ask for something. And that (laughs) killed me because that that was literally last year. (laughs) That that has happened. Well, I'm glad that that's like a larger personality trait of like one twelfth of the population. The fact that, you know, other people must have this as well. But no, I have it in the calendar now and we're good. Never forget. I I honestly will never forget. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, what did we watch in August? I really felt like Taylor Swift really said it best when she said August slipped away like a moment in time because I know August was here. I feel like you've been sitting on that gone. all day. You've been like, I really want to slip a Taylor Swift reference in here. But Jermaine, what did you watch? Uh, I started Only Murders in the Building. The pacing seems off this season to me. I don't know why. Big Brother, obviously, because that's my show. Oh and my I'm God. in it. And I'm Jermaine. We got to we need, we gotta text about Big Brother. That needs to happen because Sam yeah. hates it. And I have no one to talk about it with. <laughs> Oh, I'm in, I I think I'm fully caught up because the last episode was a pressure cooker episode. Um, We'll text about Big Brother. One of my shows got pushed back. Max pushed, Max pushed, wrap shit back to like, because they have no shows, apparently. So they pushed it back. But the big watch of August was Red, White, and Royal Blue, (laughs) which... Didn't love, likes, didn't love. Listen, was the acting subpar? Yes. Was it still somewhat endearing? Yes. Why was Uma Thurman? Okay. <laughs> I texted Sam and I said, I think Sam says, I'm just so, what did I say to him? I was like, I'm confused about why Uma Thurman has this thick Southern accent. I just didn't get it. I think that's what I texted Sam. I did not understand that. I never watched it. It felt like she was trying to do like a bad Clinton impersonation. It just felt like a, yeah, like a bad impersonation. I was just like, that bothered me so much. I was like, I just don't get it. But here's my thing with the acting. They are in two different movies. (laughs) They are acting in two (laughs) different movies. The British guy is, he wants an Oscar. He wants a BAFTA. He is given emotions. He's given repressed homosexual angst. I was like, okay, you better act. Like, come on. The American kid 
is given CW Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> and they're not in the same movie. They're, they, they're so unbalanced. And I just like, it blew my mind. And the takeaway for me for Red, Red White, and Royal Blue, and maybe it's because I work in TV, I think it would have been better served as a 10-episode limited series where you could really arc out the stories. You can't do an election story in 90 minutes. Absolutely not. It's true. The moment I saw Rachel Maddow, I was like, I can't take this this movie. (laughs) Where's Rachel Maddow in the movie? That makes no sense. And then the blatant homophobia that you're doing election night coverage and Steve Kornacki is not in the movie. (laughs) No. I was just like, they made some interesting choices and I just feel it would have been better served as a 10 episode limited series to really tell the story properly. But was it a terrible movie? No. Did I love it? No. Was it watchable? Yes. Yeah, that that's pretty much my take on Red, White, and Royal Blue as well. It was interesting to watch um, because I never expect, you know, a one-to-one adaptation, right? But like, I felt like everything that was charming and funny what like I loved about the book did not translate or make it into the movie. Like there were so many just like little moments of just like comedic perfection in the book that like you could see it playing out so well visually and it just like wasn't there. And I was like, okay, so we're just gonna like skip right over that. Yeah. And it didn't need to be rated R. I've seen more gay sex on Days no, of that Lives. Was, that was homophobic. Like, full stop. Like, it did not need to be rated. Like, excuse me, I've seen way worse on daytime television. But that's my rant about that movie. Yeah. I'm, but- cu- I'm curious, did you, was the fact that, because I didn't watch the movie, was the fact that they were acting in two completely different styles, did that impact their on-screen, uh, their on-screen chemistry at all? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't know their names, like so I refer to one as the British one, the American one. <laughs> the British one, Sam, he's like really giving you like anguish. He's like torn up inside about like I belong to the people. I am not my own I person. Am the crown. And he's really I, like you know, Harry. He's, he's like, despair. He's a spare. And he says that. Yeah. And but the American kid just couldn't find a way to play off. First of all, the American kid really pissed me off because I went down a rabbit hole about him and allegedly, apparently, he's gay in real life. He has a husband and he was in the Netflix movie, The Kissing Boots 2 with Joey King. And then when that movie came out, he scrubbed all of the photos of his husband from his Instagram, allegedly on the blogs. And I'm just like, so you're gay and you're terrible at playing a gay man? That makes no sense. Whoa. Yikes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yikes. This movie sent me in a, in I a tizzy. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah, wow. What I will say. It really sent me in a tizzy. Prince Henry, though, I will say, um, his name Nicholas Galitzin. I don't know how to say his last name. Don't quote me on that. British, British man. He's got range because... Jermaine was right. I know. He was giving anguish in that. And then another great movie that we saw in the month of August. Well, a great movie. I wouldn't call Red, White, and Royal Blue great, but I digress. 
He played Jeff in Bottoms. <laughs> I can't wait to see that movie. It's so I good. I can't wait to see that movie. That movie was... The gays won. It was it was very the funny. Gays won. I think it for you solidified the fact that Burbank is one of your favorite places to see a movie, just it's based true. on you know the cinemaphiles who will attend the movies there. It went completely off the rails at the end in a way that I was not expecting. But um, it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect, Jermaine. Like I can't wait to watch that movie. That kid is going places. Yeah. Got range. There were good movies in August. Um, we saw Jules. It made me cry. It did make you cry. <laughs> Low bar, but yes, it did make you cry. We saw, not you, I finally saw Oppenheimer. Um, I know, I still haven't seen it. Me too. It. Good movie. We texted about that. We good did movie. Te- very dense, but I enjoyed it. Okay, can I ask you a question about Oppenheimer? Yeah. And I saw it with my husband, and I said this in the theater with him. Was I going crazy or did Emily Blunt's accent change like every 15 minutes? Like every time she had a line, it was a different accent. A little bit, but it wasn't. When you watch it again. <laughs> yeah, when I watch it again, I, it wasn't something that I noticed on first. It wasn't like a Nicole Kidman situation. It was giving me a Nicole Kidman situation. I didn't, it didn't, know, I didn't notice it. <laughs> but speaking of shows that would probably have been better served as like a miniseries. I feel like this movie was definitely it. Like <laughs> they packed so much and so much time, so much. like so much of his, like the span of his life in what was a really heavy three hour movie. Three. My favorite thing about the movie, it's not my favorite thing, but like the fact that we see Rami Malek a couple of times and he says not one word and then oh, yeah. he gets the big, <laughs> the big like takedown scene. I was like, well, he's not going to just show up and do nothing. Like, <laughs> I thought he was about to show up and do nothing. And then I just want to shout out the most recent movie that we saw. Marissa's already smiling because I know you enjoyed this a lot. You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah, which Adam Sandler's highest rated movie ever on Rotten Tomatoes, and we both really enjoyed it. Good work. Good work. So good. My little <laughs> Jewish heart soared. I did not watch it yet because I sort of have lost the access to a Netflix account. So oh, no. As soon as I figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. I will the- be watching that movie. The Nepo Babies won with this one. I will say mm, this is a indeed. point for the Nepo Babies. Highly recommend. It was the most like thoughtful representation I have seen both of like a bat mitzvah and like what that is and all that it encompasses. And also just like 13 year old girl representation. It was really, really spot on. Yes. Being a 13 year old girl is the worst. <laughs> and I felt that all over again i had like a visceral like it was all coming back to me i do think it's interesting it feels like it's getting negative review bombs from people who either haven't watched it or you know watched it well, expecting like happy madison because society at or large happy like Sorry. just hates teenage girls right like that mm. is that is the society we live in that right yeah. so that is true it was a great movie Marissa, we watched all 10 episodes of the big Nailed It Baking Challenge. We did. It was delightful. <laughs> what else do we watch? We watched a couple episodes of Strange Planet, and now also I will delightful. always yell insincere at concerts. Also delightful. Uh, we've been watching so much Love Island. 
We're almost free. <laughs> a lot of Love Island, a lot of Challenge USA. How is the Challenge USA? This season Someone told me it was good. Much better than the first season of the Challenge USA. They brought in much uh, you know, more intense game players on the CBS side. And then they also brought in some veterans from the original series, you know, your usual suspects, Wes Bananas. But I think the combination um, as well as the format. The format's much um, better this are, season. Yeah, much better. And then our, <laughs> Marissa, your weird kind of, I, I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure, but I feel like it slipped a little bit under the radar. Fight to survive on the CW. <laughs> You've been surprisingly into. So have you. Yeah. Why are you just putting this on me? <laughs> I don't know, because I, I feel like I'm like, I don't know that I would have continued to watch it, but you were like, we need to continue to watch it. And that kind of like led me to continue to watch it after the first episode. And now I feel like I'm, I'm kind of in it, but I don't know what after the, after the first episode, you were very much like, I want to watch the next one. It's just so weird. It's very violent. It's, they went very Lord of the flies very quickly. Very quickly. It's me. It's just weird seeing the most like random survivor people on this show. Yeah, I think my favorite part, so the, it's hosted by Akbar Bajabiamila, um, who many people may know from American Ninja Warrior. And he's there just to, inc- like, he's there to incite violence, essentially. <laughs> and then when someone wants to be violent, they'll hit this wooden drum, and then he'll just walk out of he the just, woods. He like, out of the Out woods. of nowhere. <laughs> and he'll be like, did someone bang this drum? Who banged the drum? Who wants to fight? <laughs> To survive. And they're like fighting over <laughs> tools and resources to survive on an island to win a cash prize at the end. And whoever owns the resource or tool controls it so they can withhold it from other people. So real quick, the person who like owned the water resource was just like withholding water <laughs> from people. Savage. Oh, Yeah, it's like, how is this a thing? They wanted to fight. So, yeah, I think that that was August in a nutshell. Should we dive into September? Yeah, we can dive into September. I have a hot take that may be a little bit controversial, but like looking through, you know, what we're expecting. I mean, obviously, given the the strikes, we are losing out on returning seasons of, you know, the broadcast shows. So that's like a pretty significant <sighs> chunk, anatomy. chunk of the schedule. In terms of like new shows, I actually don't think we're missing that much as a result of the strikes, especially when you consider that like a large percentage of new scripted shows end up getting canceled after one season anyways. Yeah, but like they're all streamers. All the shows are the streaming shows though. There's nothing. But we're still like in any in any broadcast cycle, there's going to be like a ser- like a a slate of new scripted shows and a slate of new unscripted shows. So we were always going to get new unscripted shows, which we're getting this year. We're really only missing script, mm-hmm. new scripted shows from essentially three networks because NBC still has scripted shows. Okay. Yeah. So I actually feel like on the broadcast side of things, yes, we are missing out on the returning shows, but the other thing about the new shows is how many of those new shows are just spinoffs of existing franchises? How many of them are like NCIS New Orleans, NCIS like FBI? I don't NCIS know, Las New Vegas. Orleans has been canceled. Yeah, what, NCIS but, New Orleans has been canceled for like 
four years now. But you know the like you know what I'm saying though. Like how many of the new shows are like actually new shows versus like a what looks like just a spinoff of an existing show. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. There is no Grey's Anatomy. I don't care. I am upset. I am hurt. I just don't care. All I want is to know that Grey's Anatomy would be back, and it's not. (laughs) Yeah, no Grey's Anatomy, no Abbott Elementary. It's bad out there. I mean, I... Hey, writers. I was still able to fill out a pretty big i think there's still a lot of stuff there is a lot of stuff but that's because it's stuff like they have like a back catalog of content that they're Mm -hmm. just stretching out and that has an expiration date um and i also feel like we are really starting to feel as we are doing our research for this podcast the more of an influx of like foreign imports which is interesting and not necessarily a bad thing like i think it's pretty cool like cbs is going to air the british ghosts british ghosts yeah Who um, knew? but i would argue that we're definitely feeling the like ripple effects of you know the writers being on strike for what over a hundred and some odd days now i don't disagree with you i'm just saying in terms of like new broadcast content i feel like the difference this year isn't that great or isn't as, you know, wide as maybe one could have, would have thought. Like I said, that it's only a matter of time. But also, but you also have to, like, keep in mind, like, whatever, streamers aside, whatever new show might pop up on, like, a broadcast is only going to last until December. It's not going to be a season that goes till the next May, because they don't have those episodes. True. I don't care. There's no reason out of me. I don't care. So starting with TV. Yeah. Who wants to kick us off? Because I will. If there are no volunteers. Uh, Okay. (laughs) 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 Listen. Like you were sort of like. It it felt like not a question. (laughs) Listen, I just, I've been having a day. I've been in my feelings about this and I want to just talk about it. Ooh, what are you going to, wait, what are you? You've been in your feelings and you want to talk about it? Yes. I want to talk about The Golden Bachelor. Oh. (laughs) That is probably the thing I'm the most excited to watch in September. And I'm not even joking right now. I am fully serious. So this is a spinoff of The Bachelor franchise, of which I have not been super high on lately. I'll be real. Like, I kind of dipped out once... um, What's his face's nephew was the bachelor. And I was like, eh. I have no Pat, idea who you're talking Pat, about. Pat. Remember the Pat. he was on the bachelorette and he had like a celebrity uncle that they kept that kept popping in. Oh, Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. I, yeah, yes. Okay. I know Once his about. nephew was the bachelor, I was like, ugh, this guy is just so vanilla. Probably nice. Just, you know, I'm, I've been tired of the same, the same, the same formula. The yeah. same like generic white guy being the bachelor, the same really staged, you know, bullshit that is crafted. But now we have Gary. We have 71 year old Gary. Who looks great. Who I looks. Gary looks great. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> who lost his wife in 2016, 2017, ready to find love again. She was his high school sweetheart. It was this beautiful love story. I am going to cry. And then today, today, 
they revealed the cast of women. And that's something that I was a bit nervous about because I was like, do I trust the people behind this? Not as far as I can throw them. Yeah, they haven't given us many reasons to trust them, um, in fairness. Just in terms of like weird casting choices, weird age gaps. And to my delightful surprise, the cast was revealed today and all of the women participating on The Golden Bachelor are between the ages of 60 and 75. Oh, okay. Seeing all of these older women and reading about them and seeing the teasers videos about them, it honestly made me a little bit emotional because you don't see women past a certain age on represented on TV like that, especially like that many all at once. And I don't know, it just felt like really like this could be really important and really meaningful representation. Yeah. And I thought they also looked great. Yeah. <laughs> They're no, And I'm just really excited oh. to see that. I just... Jermaine is like scrolling. <laughs> I'm looking at the photo, because I'm looking at the photo now, and I'm like, this looks like like a supermodel spread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Good job, ABC casting. I, I don't watch The Bachelor. I, I've only ever seen one season of The Bachelor, and it because they were doing an office pool thing. It was the season Colton was on. Classic. And you jumped the fence. I, I, the fence. And I actually won the office pool. I won $150. <laughs> and when he came out as gay, I was like, do I have to return the money now? <laughs> 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 Technically, you know, didn't win. But, you know, I've, I've never, factor is just not my thing. I, the idea of just like multiple people kissing the same person was like, well, bacteria i just think it's going to be really interesting to see how this is crafted from a production standpoint because you know the way that this show generally works is it's really easy for producers to manipulate these young contestants who are on the show into you know saying and doing crazy shit and i don't think that they're gonna be able to get away with that with these like literal grandparents like i don't think they're going I, th I think there's gonna be a different tone and i wait i'm excited hold on i'm reading and it says matt james's mom yes is matt, that golden is big bachelor. news yes matt james's oh. mom is one of the golden bachelorettes he was a bachelor yes he matt was a james bachelor. yes wow he I know was, that much. He, he was, was the first um, black bachelor. Black, black bachelor. Oh, I do yeah. remember this because one of the women was racist and then he had to address it in the finale. And they're still together. To oh my God. <laughs> they're still together. Yeah. Which is why I don't respect him. They are still together and I don't respect him. Oh my God. And I was God. like, excuse me? Oh, wow. Yes. Um, well, his mom. <laughs> That's wild. Um, I do think that this show is providing an entry point for people who have previously never watched or stepped away from The Bachelor because it does feel unique and distinct from the rest of the franchise. And I do think that like the demographic of people who do watch The Bachelor, i.e. my parents every week <laughs> in real time, are going to vibe with this. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Don't let me down. Wow. Yeah. Okay, solid Sorry. first choice. Coming in hot. It was coming not in, on my list. Coming in hot. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be. I don't know if you'll if you would be able to guess the first show on my list. The first show on my list 
will be premiering on Fox at the end of this month, and it is called Snake Oil. You're making a face. I just didn't make it to that part of your research, so you'll have to tell me more. Oh, well, Snake Oil is uh, produced by Will Arnett, hosted and produced by David Spade. And basically, it's Shark Tank, but some of the people are snake oil salesmen and their products are not real. It combines two of my favorite things, Shark Tank and people lying on television. Interesting. These people may be investing in an actual product or they may just be giving money for nothing. (laughs) That feels very unethical. Yeah, do they... So when they find out that the product is a lie, do they get their money back? I hope not. I hope that, you know, if you're able to convince these rich people to give you money for nothing in this format, you know, you should be able to keep it. I agree. That kind of gives me the ick. That gives you the ick? Why? I don't know. It's just like really anything can be a game show now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know how much I love Shark Tank, and this just felt like dishonest Shark Tank. Okay. <laughs> Jermaine, what was the first show on your list? Uh, a show that I don't know how I'm going to watch because it's on Netflix, and I don't have access to Netflix right now. It is the final season of Sex Education, mm. a show that weirdly stayed the course and didn't really lose its way. Even if you got a little annoyed with it, it wasn't too much. It was like... It's still the show it is when it started. It's supposed to Euphoria, where like season two, you're like, what? <laughs> like, are these like high school kids? Like, the drugs never got explained in Euphoria. But it is the end of sex education and Julian Anderson's brilliant British accent. I'm, I mean, there will be another reason for her to come back with a British accent. She did play Margaret Thatcher. Like, they'll bring her back. She did something. play Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> she did play Margaret Thatcher. But it's, it's, I, I, it, I can't believe it's, it's over. And I think it's, it's also great to see the kids from sex education in sex education, not in Barbie anymore. Because, <laughs> like, half the cast was in Barbie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, they go back home to do their actual jobs. But don't know how I'm going to watch it, but I will figure out how to get access to Netflix because I'm not paying for it. Yeah, kind of sad this is the last season of that show. That's a fun show. End of an era. Really? Honestly, yeah, end of an era. Wait, time out. Jermaine, you mentioning Euphoria just reminded me of something completely unrelated, but I'm sure you saw The Idol was uh, not renewed. Do you feel vindicated? (laughs) Yes. My husband said to me, what is... My husband said, because he was reading it, he was reading something and he said the idol he was like what is the idol and i said a show that was so bad that it only watched one episode and never watched it again and you know i love a sunday night show that's how bad it was (laughs) all right marissa what what's next um next up on my list is a hulu show that premieres on september 13th it is called the other black girl i have that on my list as well it is also on my list It's based on a novel that is like a debut that really got a lot of attention Mm -hmm. last year because it's basically just like a black woman kind of just roasting white people in publishing and (laughs) publishing needed that. It's about an editorial assistant who is tired of being the only black girl at her company. So she's excited when another black woman is hired, but as her star begins to rise... The 
OG girl kind of spirals out and discovers something sinister. I haven't read it yet. I have it on my shelf. It's on my like never ending TBR, but I definitely am going to push it up the list and read it before the show because I remember hearing that it kind of gives a like Jordan Peele kind of yeah that was the vibe energy was, the trailer gave me some get out vibes That's, yeah for yeah. Sure. yeah it really looked like it was going to give get out and I was like okay I'm in yeah <laughs> I'm in yeah which to date Jermaine I think it, am I correct in saying that's your favorite Jordan Peele movie still get out I think yes I think they are ranked in the way they were released get out us uh, nope nope needed some work get out yeah. is still up there yeah no i was very intrigued by this show as well i feel like it looks like i don't know it looks like it's gonna start off as one thing and then kind of like halfway through the trailer it seems to like take a delve into like more of like a horror suspense kind of vibe and rashida jones who big fan of rashida jones is an ep on it so yeah and it's based on um the author uh zakia dahlia harris she was an editorial assistant like she worked in publishing um before she wrote the book and that kind of inspired the idea so will we get some accurate publishing rep perhaps <laughs> yeah can't wait are you trying to say that younger was not giving accurate publishing <laughs> scenarios i loved younger as much as anyone else but publishing it did not it did not it did not a book doesn't get published in a week after no. it comes into the publishing no. house. Okay. Oh, wow. This, <laughs> the Wikipedia page does just comes right out and was like, this is based on her time at Penguin Random House. No. Zing. <laughs> 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 oh, Wikipedia. Even more reason to check it out. <laughs> Sam, what's up next for you? Well, something that I know is not going to be on your list, but Jermaine, I feel like might be on your list, and that's Gen V. The Gen boys spin on my list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a terrible cast. Terrible cast. You think it's terrible? I don't. I don't have any strong opinions on the cast. You're not a big Patrick Schwarzenegger fan. Not him. You're <laughs> two people on it. Well, he's not a great actor. You're two people on it who are from the Children Adventures of Sabrina, and I just <laughs> grew to hate that show. Okay. So I don't want to see them, but it's on my list. Yeah, I mean the main the main girl it seems is going to be played by Jazz Sinclair. But yeah, essentially this takes place in the same universe as uh the Amazon Prime show The Boys, but it focuses on this kind of like school, kind of like in an X-Men kind of way, like a school where these heroes go to like learn how to be heroes, but obviously it's The Boys, so it's violent and it's competitive. And it's dangerous. And it does seem like there are going to be some cameos from the original series in this series as well. I'm just in it. I mean, The Boys is one of the pound for pound, one of the bloodiest shows I think I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For that reason, like, it's one of those shows that's like a train wreck that I can't look away from. And this show just looks like it's in the same kind of DNA. Yeah. Which is crazy because the big thing is the boys is that they aren't born as superheroes. They aren't born with powers. So that fact that kids are still being juiced up with yeah. this thing just blows my mind. All right, Jermaine, what's next for you? 
uh, a show that is, I don't know if you, did, I don't know if you watch this show. I don't know if it's on your list, but I watch this show and I'm very triggered by our first jobs together. The morning show on Apple TV plus. I do watch the morning show. Yeah. Do you find that show triggering? A little bit. Um, I enjoyed season one a lot more than season two. I felt like season two season was too was, much like yes. of the, you know, ripped from the headlines. I didn't need COVID. I did yeah. not need COVID <laughs> in season two. I genuinely, yeah. I honestly thought it should have just like not happened in season two. I was like, I did not need that. And then Mitch didn't need to be in season two and Mitch didn't mm-hmm. need to like it was like Mitch could just have gone away. That made no sense. But it is coming back and I'm very surprised it's coming back because I don't know how we can afford to keep making this show. But it just seems like we're going down the rabbit hole of like the show and this business and this universe and John Hamm is returning to TV. Mm, yeah. I'm excited about so John John Hamm is joining the cast, but it looks good. It it, it looks better than season two. So the morning show, Apple TV. We'll yeah. see what they have to offer. Is it worth my while to watch the morning show? Because I season one, season one, yeah, season one, yes. yes. Season two is just like they didn't know if they were going to get a season two. And then they threw something together. Okay. Season okay. one is season one is good in the sense of like Sam and I sort of live through the 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 the, the uh, yes inciting, I'm aware I'm the aware. inciting incident yes of season one yeah and then season two is just like did we need to do this like did we need to do COVID. No. The answer yeah. is always no. <laughs> <laughs> Next up for me is an Amazon Prime show that premieres on September 15th. It's called Wilderness. And I'm not going to lie, it initially piqued my interest because this is the show that gave Taylor us. Swift. Uh, look what you made me do, Taylor's version. <laughs> It is, uh, that show's on my list. It's the last show on my list. Great marketing, I, I will saved, say. <laughs> I saved it on Instagram because some, on Twitter, because somebody said, oh, it's Taylor's version of like, look what you made me do. And I'm like, save. And I came home and I watched a trailer and I'm like, if it wasn't for this song, I would have never watched the trailer for this. And I was never going to watch your series, but it's on my list. I'm going to watch it. The power of Taylor Swift. Um, the show is, it's kind of giving Gone Girl to me. Just like, yes. yes, just like angry, angry women seeking revenge. The dream holiday becomes a nightmare for a young British couple who seemingly have it all as heartbreak turns into fury and rage um, and revenge. I it, it just really sounds like the sort of basic like, he cheated on her and she's angry, but then it's going to be set in like national parks. Like they're going to be in like the American wilderness. There's no yeah. more and violent. I think she's going to try to kill him than the and national parks. Because I read, I read in one of, I read in one of the blurbs for it. It's like, because accidents happen in national parks. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Listen, what? We all saw cocaine him? bear. <laughs> Look what you made me do. 
I'm gonna put money now that the cocaine bear sequel would either be cocaine alligator or cocaine killer whale. I oh I don't know about cocaine killer whale. I could see cocaine alligators though. I'm telling you, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> but yeah, the wilderness. Taylor Swift. She has Prime must be like paying her a lot of money because they get the exclusives for all her re-records for their series. Yeah, I mean, there's a Taylor Swift song in basically every episode of The Summer I Turn Pretty. Amazon is gearing up to pay for the, like, try to make a bid on the NBA. They're not short on money. (laughs) Okay, the next show on my list is going to be premiering on Max on September 21st. And it's called Young Love. And it is basically the full show-length version of the Oscar-winning short film, Hair Love, starring Issa Rae. And, you know, I've never shied away, I think, on this list from picking a, a nice kid show, See Frog and Toad. But yeah, I just think that, you know, the short was great. And I thought that the trailer was for this show just gave the same vibes as the short film that was like the best short film of 2019. It looked very cute. It did, yeah. Young Love, I'm in it. I love the trajectory of that story going from like a picture book to a short film to now a full like TV show. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar, I think just go watch Hair Love. Like it's a short film. You can watch it quickly. Mm-hmm. Mercer, are you through your TV list? Um, I have one more to shout out. Um, it is an Apple TV import called Still Up. I thought it looked cute. It's basically like two friends who are insomniacs just hanging out at night. Um, but really, are they just friends? Doesn't seem to be that it gets going that way. <laughs> um, They're just texting. But it stars. They're just gone. <laughs> It stars Antonia Thomas, who was in Lovesick, a.k.a. Scrotal Recall, one of the most underrated Netflix shows. Honestly, terrible. Like Of all time. At the point where the first two seasons of your show are Scrotal Recall, just like lean into lean it. Lean into like, it. Like, why are you renaming it Lovesick? Like, Scrotal Recall, objectively, almost, I think a perfect name, honestly, for a show. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll check that show out. Other than that, though, I'm, and I guess, shout out to season three of Starstruck. Okay, the last show on my list, I, I won't waste too much time with this because I know neither of you are sports people, but One Shot, Overtime Elite, premiering on Prime on the third, following the last season of the G League's Overtime Elite. Two of those kids, the, the two twins, were top five picks in the NBA last year, so we'll see how it goes. Thank God you said that. I really thought you were going to say God Family Football. No, I was going to say God family football. <laughs> no, hard pass on God family. <laughs> you, you didn't even put in the... Pe- it's God period, family period, football period. That would be grounds for divorce. The peaks and valleys of Freebie are wild. <laughs> but yeah, before we move on to movies, just like quick shout out to like all these shows that are coming in, like The Wheel of Time season two, Selling the OC season two, Glow Up Season 5, Welcome to Wrexham Season 2, the next season of American Horror Story with Kim K. Uh, no. Another, <laughs> another season no, of Love is Blind, not. Survivor Season 45, The Amazing Race Season 35, 
I don't know. September is full of full of TV. Shout out to The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. Do we have to shout and out? <laughs> I listen. I stopped watching that show two episodes after they killed Glenn, but I always liked Daryl. So to know that Daryl survived the show and now has his own show in Paris. <laughs> in Paris. How he got to Paris, nobody knows. <laughs> good for him. Oh my good god. Good for Daryl. All right. Is that TV? I think so. Yeah. Wow. So movies. This list was a little bit harder for me to put together. Really? I feel like right now it's also just really hard to, you have to kind of verify if the movie is actually coming out because so many things are getting yes. pushed right now. Yeah. So are these movies coming out in September? They are right now, but like, who's to say? Mm. Honestly. The first movie that I will shout out is A24's first musical, <laughs> Dicks the Musical. It's basically just looks like what, like a gay parent trap. Yeah, so here's the official logline. A pair of business rivals discover that they're identical twins and decide to swap places in an attempt to trick their divorced parents to get back together. So it's so it's the parent trap. Uh, the parents are Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally. Fantastic. And the kids are Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson, who we know from UCB's What I Did for Love. Yeah, we from go, college. We, we go way back with Aaron. We would to see his clear, improv shows live. To be clear, we yeah. do not know him. No. We have never spoken to him. We just oh. saw the show that he, he was, was just in. Clear, he was just always like the He's funniest so guy. so good. So funny. <laughs> in that improv show at UCB, yeah. Yes, we. This was. I, I couldn't even tell you how many times we have seen that specific show. Countless, and every time he showed up, it'd be like our guy. We've seen that show probably at least twenty-five to thirty times. Yeah, <laughs> because it's improv, so every show is different. Basically, the premise of this show. I don't even know if it still exists anymore. But at the t- the premise was that they would have an an audience member, they would call them up to the stage, interview them about their love life, and then do like an improv sketch based on the story. Every every show was its own thing. Some were definitely better than others, depending on the quality of the story being told. But Aaron Jackson was almost always there, and it's very cool for us to see his star rise. I know, and yeah, it's always like introducing Aaron Jackson. I'm like... I remember. <laughs> we knew you when. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That's on my list as well. Um, but it's not number one. Uh, the first movie on my list. I'm kind of cheating, to be honest, because I'm putting in. I'm putting this in based on the limited release date. I think it goes widely released on ten six. So a little bit of cheating. Um, but it's dumb money. I vividly remember where we were. <laughs> When this all went down, because we were on a weekend away, and yeah, we this were. led you to ask me the now infamous question, should I buy some Dogecoin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like in the Catskills. We were. But yeah, this movie, you know, the events in this movie date back only a few years ago, but here we are already at the movie stage of this. Uh, and it's about the the GameStop stock phenomenon. It stars Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, Shailene Woodley, Pete Davidson in a Red Sox hat, Sebastian Stan, America Ferreira, and I think that's a great cast. It reminds me of, you know, pretty much every Adam McKay movie, and 
it just looks fun. I love these kind of stories. Oh, I forgot Nick Offerman's in this too. Like I said, I'm cheating a little bit because not everybody will be able to watch it in September, but I live in LA, so I will. <laughs> <laughs> that made my list. Okay, Sam. You will too. You're in New York. If something's limited, you're seeing it in New York and LA. When is it being released in limited? Uh, September 15th. Okay. All right, Jermaine, what's, uh, what's, your, what's your movie list look like? Very short list, but um, very horror heavy. But the, 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 my top movie, because Red, White, and Royal Blue failed me miserably, <laughs> the top movie on my list is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. <laughs> okay. It's not what you think it is. I thought it was about space, and it's not about space. <laughs> no, it's it not. Is, it's not. It's a, it's based on a book. Actually, it's a young adult novel. It's a young adult novel about two Mexican boys dealing with racial ethnicity, ethnicity, um, sexuality, relationships, family, navigating. It's just basically two boys who are in love with each other. In the 80s. Comes to terms with being in love in the 80s, and one of them moves away for a year and they start writing letters to each other. And obviously, one of them at first is like, I'm not gay, I don't know. But like in the end, apparently, it turns out like, yeah, I'm gay and I love you. Um, <laughs> but I, I watched the trailer and I was just like, damn, this is seems to be like a very well thought out thing. Uh, the two leads are pretty unknown. I've never seen them before, but Eva Longoria's in it. Lin-Manuel Miranda is a producer on it. Hopefully there'll be no raps. But yeah, that's my top movie. I read the book, I think in college. I remember it being a beautiful book. And I do know that Lin-Manuel is like, has been a part of, he, he narrated the audiobook, So oh. he's been kind of a part of this world for a minute. So it doesn't surprise me that he was a producer. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be checking that movie out too. The book was beautiful, just like very beautifully written and rendered. And I highly recommend it. Yeah, the book got rave reviews. I might read the book. I mean, I'm not a reader. So I'm reading that book now. That is terrible because it needed a ghostwriter. But <laughs> I digress. <laughs> You can always listen to Lin-Manuel narrate it. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next movie on my list, um, sticking with the theme of young adult novel adaptations, is the Netflix film Love at First Sight, which is based on the novel The Statistical Probability of Love at First Sight, which apparently was too much of a mouthful for a Netflix movie. Too many characters. Can't um, search that. <laughs> <laughs> by Jennifer E. Smith. Uh, this is another book I remember reading and really enjoying it. It came out in 2011, so I was in I was solidly in high school when this book came out. Uh, the trailer looked really cute and charming. Haley Lou Richardson stars in it, and I just pretty much anywhere she goes, I will follow at this point. The premise is basically she is flying to the UK and she's sitting next to this British guy and they fall in love over the course of a flight from the US to the UK. He gives her his number as they say goodbye at the airport. She immediately loses it. And then it's like, oh no, how will they ever find each other again? 
That is that. And is, then I'm sure they and do. Then I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Wasn't that the ending of the White Lotus where she got the guy's number in the goddamn airport while Tanya <laughs> was dead? Yeah, so this is basically the White Lotus part two. Porsche's story. Exactly. <laughs> I will, I mean, I was going to say she seemed a lot more like upbeat and energetic in this movie, but actually don't. I feel like I didn't see enough to make that claim definitively. I don't know what her personality is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know me. I am a sucker for a YA rom-com. Yeah. It will always be on my list. Whether it delivers or not is another question, but I will always go into it open-minded and with enthusiasm. All right, the next movie on my list is coming out on the 29th uh, in theaters. It's called The Creator, and I'll just start by getting ahead of the controversy because I'm aware of the controversy. If you're, un- if you're unaware, there was some controversy around the trailer. So the premise is like AI basically blows, off Lo- blows up Los Angeles and takes over the world. Of- nope. In the trailer, they used actual footage from an explosion in Beirut to simulate this. I'm aware of this. Apart from that. <laughs> Why? Yeah. So not a great move from the trailer people. But I saw this trailer when I went to see Oppenheimer. And I, I will say I am interested in this movie. It stars John David Washington, uh, Gemma Chan, Ken Watanabe, Benedict Wong. And essentially... Uh, John David Washington is one of the people left after AI takes over the world. He hears that they're creating a weapon. He goes to pick up this weapon and it's this like girl who's like half robot, half human. And then the events of the film kind of spiral out from there. Music by Hans Zimmer, which is always a win. But yeah, I'm going to check that out. That is basically the plot to The Last of Us. Correct. And I'm, uh, I, I love that trope. It's a great trope. <laughs> It's the plot to several things. A young child. Okay. That feels like not my jam. Yeah, I, I, I am not, like, I'm not an AI. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I don't want to participate. I don't want to participate in that. Why? I, I'm with you, Jermaine. I'm, I'm, couldn't agree more. I don't have an Alexa, Sam. I, I turn my TV on and my radio on manually. Yeah, but you have a smart TV. For internet purposes. <laughs> Though my TV does turn on by itself all the time. I have to unplug it now because it just like will turn on. I thought that was the point like, of the as frame, soon as I come in, was that it was on all the time. Well, the, the photo is supposed to be visible all the time. The actual TV turns on yeah. when I walk into the room, like it turns on and it will go to like an app or a channel or something. And I'm just like, no. And I plugged, unplugged it. Well, Jermaine, what's next on on your list? Saw 10. <laughs> I love the Saw movies. Saw, you mean Saw X? I love Saw. <laughs> Saw X. Saw X. Whatever. 10. X. No, I, think it's, I don't know what it is, honestly. Um, you know, it, it is X, but it's the 10th movie in the Saw universe, which kind of is quite annoying now that everything has a universe. And all the rest of my movies are movies that have a universe. But I love Saw. I love... The, those movies changed the game. They're, they were twisted and brutal. And whenever anybody's like, let's go do an escape room, I'm like, have you ever seen Saw? Like, why would you want to do an escape room? That thing doesn't end well. Um, but this is like <laughs> this one. And the thing about Saw is this movie, 
the events of this movie takes place between Saw 1 and Saw 2. The thing I love about Saw that really blew my mind was that at the end of Saw 4 was realizing that the events of Saw 3 and Saw 4 were happening simultaneously. And that just blew my mind as a movie watcher back in the day. It was like, oh my God, that was like very well thought out. But Jigsaw lives to do another game, and I can't wait to see it. Wow. I can't wait. September 29th. They moved that one up, actually. In opposite, like, they were originally supposed to do that one in October, and I think they moved that one mm-hmm. up at Comic-Con. They were like, actually, yep. we're doing this earlier. Because they needed to make some money. <laughs> yeah. All right, Marissa, what's next? Next up on my list is a movie that comes out on... September 15th, allegedly. Again, we can't trust dates these days. Um, It's called Camp Hideout. At first I was like, what is this? And then I saw that Corbin Blue was in it. And then I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll watch the trailer. That was was all it took. (laughs) Back it up. Back it, back it up. (laughs) Last week, last week, I went to the gym. And I don't know why. But the only thing I could work out to was High School Musical 2 soundtrack. <laughs> and I love and that for you. I was like, and I was like, oh my god! Like this soundtrack was a bop. Yeah, it 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 sounds like a kind of summer camp set coming of age story about a troubled teen who nearly gets caught stealing. And decides to kind of hide out at a summer camp to avoid getting caught. Mm. Corbin Blue plays a camp counselor. Of course he does. <laughs> I love that energy of course from him. He does. All right. The next movie on my list is one of the few trailers I've seen that actually made me like actually laugh out loud. Like a lot of times if something funny happens in the trailer, it's like, oh, that's funny, but you don't actually laugh. Like this one actually like I had a, an audible reaction. I heard it. And that was the, this movie is coming out in theaters on the 29th as well. And it's called She Came to Me. This movie stars Peter Dinklage, Anne Hathaway, Marissa Tomei. And the premise essentially is Peter Dinklage is an opera writer, but he's having writer's block. And his wife, Anne Hathaway, is a therapist. And she's like, well, you need to go out in the world and get some inspiration. And so he goes out and he ends up on this tugboat with this like crazy woman played by Marissa Tomei. They have kind of like an affair. And then, you know, he comes back to shore and he's like, that was crazy. So he writes his opera about that incident and it becomes like a big hit. Everybody's like, how did you even come up with this story? He's like, I don't even know. And then who's there? It's Marissa Tomei, self-admitted stalker, who now won't leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot to mention that Nicole Kidman is also in this movie. I did forget to mention Nicole Kidman. I don't think I've been to an AMC theater where Nicole Kidman (laughs) where Nicole Kidman is actually in the movie. Now that I think about it, we have to go see it in Burbank. (laughs) We have to go. (laughs) That would be yeah. That's almost too meta to think about conceptually right now. But yeah, Nicole Kidman also in it. This trailer, uh, the trailer was funny, and so I'll, I'll check it out. Any other movies that we want to shout out? I'm going to see The Nun too. 
from the Conjuring universe because I love horror movies. In a perfect world, this is when the Haunted Mansion should have been released, but let's not go back there. <laughs> it is the sequel to The Nun. Um, she is back for vengeance, and I don't know why, and I want to find out why. What's her name? Tessa Farmiga, isn't it? I'm just into it. And Michael wants to see it, and he is terrified of horror movies, but he watched The Nun, and he enjoyed it. And he's like, oh, I want to go see it. And I'm like, okay, when it's on TV. And he's like, no, I want to go see it in the movie theater. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So we're going to see The Nun too. Nice. Cool. Did you have any more? I think all of mine were mentioned, but I also did write down The Inventor just because I am a sucker for a stop motion animation oh. movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, or Stephen Fry is the voice of Leonardo da Vinci. Stephen Fry is great, but the real key, the real like draw to the inventor is Matthew Berry. I know you don't watch what we what we do in the shadows, but the answer is always Matthew Berry. Okay. <laughs> um I did have one more movie on my list, but I don't have that much to say about it cuz there's no trailer yet, but it's No One Will Save You, and this is the this is coming out on Hulu on the 22nd, and basically Caitlin Deaver is like, you know, kind of a reclusive woman. Um, but an alien makes its way into her house and then she has to fight it. So that was all the information oh. I could find on it. But she also has range. Yeah, she does for sure. And will it really come out in September? Who's to say that one feels like a pretty safe bet to come out in September. It's a Hulu movie, but there's no trailer. Maybe the show is not ready. So which streamers are we hanging on to for the month of September? Well, Jermaine's got to find a way to get Netflix yes, back. Yeah, Netflix back. <laughs> now that he's behind, he, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff for you to watch. Netflix. Also Hulu. Also, I feel like I have a lot of things on Prime I want to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My list is very diversified. This is not really making a strong case for, you know. I know, because I, I have a Hulu. I have an Apple TV. I haven't watched anything on Apple TV. Yeah, it's a Tom Holland you... show, which was terrible. Keep them all. <laughs> it really depends on what your mood is. If you're into, like, I think if you're into, like, British shows and Josh Demel, Paramount Plus is for you. Uh, we didn't even mention Buddy Games. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I would probably go with either Hulu or Netflix. Prime is up there, too. Prime is up there. Well, I think that is a wrap on September. We'll see how many of these shows and movies that we previewed actually make it to the other side. I mean, the shows seem like fairly safe bets at this point. I don't think the yeah, shows are moving. Yeah, I don't moving. think the shows are moving either, but movies, you never know. So we will see you in October with more previews of movies that may or may not come out because... That's just where we're at as a society right now. Um, as always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. You can email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, if you enjoyed this podcast, you're looking for more stuff to watch, more suggestions, you can find uh, any of our earlier podcasts either at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters or on any platform where podcasts are available. And also, 
if you're curious what we thought on Crowning Around about the <laughs> about the film Diana starring Naomi Watts, we watched that as well. And spoiler alert, it definitely earned its 7% Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> See you in October. couch and i don't know what to watch show i think i might be lost if i didn't have a preview oh i think i might be lost if i didn't have a preview